It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another edition of Knox Talk. Today is Wednesday, September 27th. And as always, I am joined by my great friend Brandon Parks from the University of Tennessee. Good afternoon, buddy. Hey, man. Greetings from Rocky Top. Um, the season's underway. You look a little tired today, but our good news is our listeners won't know that. Uh, <laughs> our listeners will not know. I have a great radio voice today because, uh, but yes, I am a little tired. But 18 hours of driving will do that to you. So, okay. So the last two weeks you've been to Boston. I've been to Boston, uh, South Carolina, Chicago, Denver, St. Louis, and I'll be going to Virginia tomorrow. Yes. So any of those listeners out there that are excited to get into the world of collegiate sports marketing, just think about the travel that's ahead. <laughs> Some of it was fun, but, uh, but yes, it was, uh, it's been a lot of travel and, uh, my, my face is, uh, uh, is not fun. I was that uh, a noon football game at Clemson where this idiot didn't bring sunblock has punished uh, has punished this white boy. So uh, we'll see we'll see how we do. But we're going to leave are, football. You are rosy red, but that's I, good. I you've, come, you've come away with two W's, so I'll give you credit there. I am. I'm, it's really an honor to Ohio State. I'm trying to uh, my scarlet is uh, is showing right now. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna leave the football field for just a second, uh, although we might come back to it. Um, both of us have had. So many clients, buddy, that are limited in the amount of money that they can dedicate to sponsorship. And so today we wanted to kind of talk about some of those ways um, that sponsors can make limited dollars pop. And so that's that's where I wanted to head today. That's fantastic, and I, I think it's I think it's really good. It's a really good topic, really, for for all of our listeners that are out there because we we all in our individual properties, whether we're in the buying or the selling. Um, we, we do deal and work with a number of partners who have limited budgets. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, at the Tennessee property for us, it takes partners of all sizes for us to accomplish ultimately the goals that we're after. Um, and so we do need strategies for um, smaller investors who are looking for um, marketing plans to be aligned with the school. Um, and, and so, there's numerous ways for us to cut that pie up uh, and effectively deliver marketing campaigns. And I think we've gotten better at it over the years. Um, but, but that core piece of the audience is really incredibly important to our, our overall property. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of it starts with the relationship side of it, that if, if they know that we are invested into their brand, regardless of what their budget is, that's the first step towards a successful partnership. And that ultimately is where it starts for us. No, it, it always does. We talk about relationship over and over and over again on the podcast. So you're right. I, I will, I will tell you that uh, um, it, what makes it challenging is that the companies that have limited budgets that do decide to spend their money in sports and God bless them. Uh, the reason that it becomes challenging is because we probably have most of, if not all of their budget. Because if they they are doing it because they don't have the money to buy traditional media, uh, and so the, even if they in today's modern world where they say, hey, I have dollars and I could spend them on normal social campaigns, but I'd like to use the power of the brand to help that social campaign pop, and and so even when we're if we're just going to talk about that, uh, it, it when you have most of if not all of a company's budget, it becomes really difficult because if you do not help that company 
they will fail. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. No, you're exactly right. And it, there is an expectation for ROI without right. a doubt. And yeah. uh, I will tell you on the front end of those conversations, we make sure we communicate that, that we understand that this is a business decision. This is not a philanthropic gift. Right. And it is our job to go to market and help them increase their business, increase their awareness, create an association with the school. Um, and if, because ultimately, if we can't do those things, then they're not going to be around long term. And I think you and I both can agree we want partners that are going to be around for the long run versus it does not help us or our business if we have a one year agreement and then it's over. That's right. No, I mean, and, and so the old and a million years ago, you know, when when there was not much to sell, those companies would be the ones that would buy the program ads. And right. we all know the success of a program ad in terms of in terms of an ROI. So it is nice that we can do some new things here. I, I, I'm going to start with an old school example that that it probably um, it, it probably is still relevant with a lot of schools um, right now. Uh, and that is, we had a client. It was a uh, kind of a convenience store client that had some grocery stores in some markets. And they sent, they, they basically targeted said, hey, you know, in the state of Florida, we have these six markets and they're all small, tiny towns where our grocery store is the main store in town and our convenience stores are nearby. And so if we gave you limited dollars, how could we possibly associate with a major school? So what we did in that case a million years ago is we went to University of Florida and we went to Florida State and we looked at their radio network and we found out what stations were carrying those schools. And we went to that station, that small stick, because each of those stations have local spots. Right. And we went to them and we bought local spots and were able to do a very, very limited promotion with the tickets that that station got from the school because each of those stations get a limited number of seats. So we were able to do a very, very small locally based promotion. And we did it in many markets as opposed to a network deal. Uh, and the end result was great because the, whether it was uh, having some um, live remotes uh, or just giving away seats without brand, uh, we were able to have some success year over year over year of driving traffic uh, into those stores by just using a local stick, which is what the people in that town are listening to the, the, the radio anyway. So yeah, I know it's old yeah. because people think, hey, does a does a local radio station, but it does. It does work, and especially when that, that local radio station is carrying, uh, you know, the biggest school in the state. Uh, and so it, it was it was a strange and unique way for us to accomplish a goal with a with a store that just simply didn't have the power um, like your official grocer might have. Yeah, and and along those same lines. Um, Local radio can be very powerful, whereas not all companies are going to need the statewide radio network of the Florida State Seminoles or the Tennessee Volunteers. And it becomes very geocentric in the sense that they may only be concerned about certain DMAs in your market or in some instances, only one DMA. So in a similar vein, I just jotted this down. We have agreements with a real estate broker, medical offices moving and storage companies and restaurant groups that I would all deem in this conversation of localized DMA, Knoxville only, who have a limited budget. And what each one of these categories and partners have in, have in common is a very similar asset mix across the board. Mm -hmm. And I think 
over time, we've been able to come up with an asset mix that's really good for that specific local guy. Well, tell us what that is. And it, well, and it's headlined by local radio, but I, I'll start at the top. I think one of the things that's most important for, for, for these local sponsors, uh, one is a designation of some kind. They're looking for something that's going to differentiate themselves in the market from their competition. And we as the rights holder are the ones that hand out the designations. So for our real estate broker to say that he is a proud supporter of the balls, a proud sponsor of the balls, something that he can use that tags out his media with us, but then something that he can put on his website that has value. Designation has value because unless you come through us, you're not going to get that designation with associated with UT athletics. With your local, uh, let me interrupt for a second, Brandon. So with your local folks that you hand out a proud sponsor to, do you have a, a number that is consistent across the board with that, with that designation? Or do you have a sponsorship number that you assign per category? Um, we have a general sponsorship tier model at Tennessee. And so based on spend level that you then qualify for your designation. So for instance, the largest level of sponsorship here is $750,000 annually plus to be an official corporate champion. So to have official status, official product status, it starts there. And then we come down from there from a corporate partner to a corporate sponsor uh, to a, really a supporter of UT athletics. So as long as you find your investment in these general ranges, then it's pretty easy to identify what that designation is going to be. Um, so you're, are you allowed to say what your minimum number was to get that proud supporter? Yeah, usually $10,000 and up. Okay. Annually. So, but that's it. So, right. You just nailed it. So for 10,000, which is, which is a minimum number, certainly anywhere in college sports across the country, $10,000 is a doable number for a restaurant. I mean, just name the categories you just said for a restaurant, for a realtor, for all, all those local, local, local companies, $10,000 allows you to differentiate yourself. Keep going. Yeah. And, and we try to have a little bit of understanding of what we're talking about here. We are talking about local businesses who, like you said, we are probably their biggest spend on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. So we need to, in some ways, treat them like that and at least have some things for them. While I can't designate them as a corporate partner of Tennessee Athletics, I can at least give them something that they can hang their hat on. Right. And, and in our market, <laughs> yeah, and in our, in our market, the designations are used so little, there is true value to it. And so a lot of those partners take into that or, or buy into that designation piece. Local radio always dominates for us in these partnerships. Um, and it goes back to the power of, of, of the Vol radio network in the sense that um, it's a tradition for 75 years that Tennessee fans have listened to Tennessee games on the radio if they're not at the stadium. So the local numbers that, that our broadcasts do in this market, it's the best radio buy you can have because we're delivering numbers on radio that they can't buy in normal drive time Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. So local radio plays into that. Um, you um, you mentioned souvenir programs earlier. We've evolved with our souvenir program, um, and I think we're still delivering value. Uh, so that's one way that we can get partners inside the venues. You know, if they can't afford if they can't afford signage, how else can I get them in the venue? Well, the souvenir program is one piece that we can do that with. Now, we give hours away for free at the gates while supplies last. Mm -hmm. um, so our readership's really good, and then we also direct mail it to all of our donors who contribute to the program. So it's, it's a direct mail piece too. So there's value in that. Okay. Um, and, and then you also think about, 
digitally speaking, digital is an affordable way to buy association with sports teams because you're buying it on the cost per thousand, which let's say normally is $20 cost per thousand. So it doesn't take a lot of dollars to live and exist on a school's official athletics website. Yep. Um, and so we start building these pieces and ultimately what the pitch is back to the partner is I'm going to use your budget as efficiently as I possibly can to create as many touch points with our fans so that you'll come back a year from now and you'll have had your customers and your friends say, man, everywhere I looked, I heard or saw you somewhere involved with the athletics program. You must be investing a lot. No, we're just being really smart about the investment. Yeah. Well, that's the answer. I mean, so that's great. So a $10,000 is a minimum number and you're able to differentiate yourself and then you kind of pick and choose through the, through the ROI elements to figure out something that helps the client. Well, we had another example I was going to talk about was in the food service world and whether this is a, you talk about restaurants, it doesn't necessarily have to be a restaurant. We've had a lot of uh, uh, vendors that are, you know, sausage, hot dog, ice cream, what have you. Our pitch to them, because a lot of them might be new to this game and, and, and the big numbers are scary for them and they don't want just brand recognition. They can't, they don't want to pay for over overpay for brand recognition is we talk about a revenue neutral model to begin. And what I mean by that is, okay, if you go in and you look at this facility, we do a lot of minor league baseball deals, not just college deals, obviously, and, and all sports and stadiums have this situation. You say, okay, what is the number to get in the door to basically allow you to break even. And if you can break even because they're going to buy $40,000 worth of hot dogs and that's the profit margin you have. And if we spend 40, this is a break even deal for you. Now the goal with that 40 is to have another 10 to $20,000 in profit based on the consumers going and buy your stuff at retail. And so right. whether that's coming to a store or going, uh, going to a restaurant, whatever it is. So we look at a lot of these food service pieces that are limited dollars as revenue neutral to the client and then let the rest of it take care of itself. And that may be the rest of it may be simple. Let's say that you just get tickets and that hospitality allows you to take a store to a game in a unique way. And that hospitality allows you to get distribution that you didn't have before. You just made your money back. So it, the food service industry is one where a lot of times there's limited dollars and those limited dollars have to really pay off and you have to be very smart about how you spend it. Yeah. And I, something else I think is important. Um, and I can't tell, I mean, client after client after client, part of what we'll talk about from an objective standpoint, in addition to creating that association, building their brand, hopefully driving revenue, um, the employee part of it is really important. And I, I think a lot of partners, they see it as an objective, but it's not until they experience it that they realize what a big deal it was. Mm -hmm. um, what it means if you're if you're working for a company that signs on as a sponsor of University of Tennessee Athletics, how much value, what, how much pride that your company employees have knowing that your company supports the biggest activity in your town. Um, th I think that's very important. Then also, I think we, we've done a lot of good from a, from an employee recruitment standpoint, um, just being able to one communicate one-on-one -on -one to potential uh, recruits that my company is involved with university of Tennessee athletics. You're going to see us associated with Tennessee football. Um, th th that's a warm and fuzzy for a lot of people, 
Um, and I think there's value in that. I, we had a, a story earlier this year. Um, we have a new partner on our football coaches headset. And we had talked about that objective early on is what it would mean to the employees of the company um, to know that, that their company is now supporting the Vols. And so the week leading up to our first game where we were going to debut our headsets, which was going to be owned by the Knoxville Utilities Board, KUB, um, they are currently installing uh, Internet for all of the Knoxville DMA, uh, fiber Internet. Huge initiative. They've never had to really market or advertise or promote historically until now. But leading up to that first game, they sent a company-wide email out three days before the home, before the season opener um, to, to break the news about this new adventure with University of Tennessee Athletics. And again, it was the same conversation. Hey, I know that I know we talked about this in the beginning. We had no idea the response we were going to get from our own employees. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, and that's that's right. So, and you, the one thing you probably didn't say there from an internal perspective is you can also use pieces that are in this contract to internally incent as well. You can use hospitality and other pieces, even if they're small things, you know, that you can use, could be items, could be merchandise pieces that you can use for employee of the month, week, year, whatever, that, that'll help, help take this thing forward. But yeah, and one, one, other, one other thing, let me mention, talk about that asset mix. We all have these pregame fan fest areas um, and we do activations, corporate activations, um, those kinds of things for football game days. And again, trying to be sensitive to a budget while it may not make sense for a partner to come out and activate at all seven home football games during a regular season, uh, all of those local brands or categories I mentioned earlier at least come out once or twice per year. And, and I will tell you, sometimes seeing is believing. Um, every time to a partner, the reaction we get from our FanFest area where is literally 30,000 fans per game. It is the one undefeated element on the campus of the University of Tennessee that I can claim today. <laughs> Ball Village is undefeated. But for the partner to be able to come out and interact with fans and see how many fans will come up and communicate with them and talk with them, um, they always say, hey, how many koozies should I bring to hand out? And my response is always, well, it depends more on what your budget is for koozie production than it is how many you can hand out because you'll be able to disperse just about as many as you want to. Um, that leaves a that leaves a significant impact in the eyes of a partner when they can have that much local fan engagement. Yeah, and anytime you can do that, you're right, Brandon. Um, what I you know we I, I have left off you know till now what I believe is the best way for limited. Um, dollars to be spent and that is is to get out of football basketball and focus on olympic sports and we, we, we've done a, we've done a podcast on this before and so i'm not going to belabor it but it is if you have limited dollars and you would like to have the most impact for your money it is put it behind a sport that is not front and center but has a passionate fan base with the school that you are following and it might be gymnastics it might be softball it might be volleyball uh, we have a promotion right now with the university of louisville volleyball program which is incredibly popular um, in louisville i mean that the yum center sells out for women's basketball and women's volleyball games and and we're going to kill it with that promotion um, because the fans that are there are incredibly dedicated the sponsorships are limited and so you're going to show up more and those limited dollars are you're a big fish 
in a small pond now. And so if you have limited dollars, that's the right way to go about it. So you can get a little bit at football, you can get a little bit at basketball, maybe something in baseball. But when you start talking about those other sports, especially the ladies sports right now, that are just, that's where you can become a big fish and you're going to see a huge ROI. Yeah, no question about it. And and also a lot of those Olympic type sports and, and other sports attract a much more locally driven audience. So you're not as worried about fans who are traveling from out of town that really aren't your target market. Um, When you, when you become more localized with those, with those Olympic sports and other sports, um, it is much more effective from a marketing standpoint. And and you just nailed it. You, you can have a much larger presence at a smaller investment level. And then the other, the other thing that I think that's important to that too is the athletics department, specifically the athletics director's office, wants companies to support those teams as well. And um, from a recognition standpoint, I do believe there's a great deal of goodwill that's built uh, when when athletics department sees local companies investing in sports that don't get as much attention maybe as they rightfully deserve. Right. So you might be able to get to the top of the food chain with your with you know your relationships. Um, whereas that's harder to do in a football stadium. You got to give a million dollars to get on the field. Well, you can give $10,000 and be on the field at, uh, at a softball game. Yeah. The other, the last one that I had on my notes, Brandon, was something that more about your kids than your job. And we have three clients that do primarily youth sports. That's all they do is they buy youth sports. And if I say youth, I'm not talking about high school because I think high school is a very difficult purchase, but in a youth perspective from, you know, the, the five-year-old to 12-year-old perspective, we have three clients. That's all they do. Uh, and, and on behalf of those three clients, uh, we are in 20 some odd markets. Uh, we're, we'll probably have 500 organizations that we work with and 20,000 teams um, that, that we sponsor. And, and we, the return is incredible because you can absolutely look at a market and just carve it up and say, okay, I want Chattanooga. And I want to have every mom and dad in Chattanooga uh, of a baseball player and mom or of a, uh, a softball playing mom know my brand. And, and when you are sponsoring someone's kid, the reaction is through the roof. So you're going to get that you're going to get a bounce back that's beyond the number. So for us as a company, I know it's kind of a, a field from our college talk. Um, the youth sports thing is uh, is pretty powerful. Yeah. And something similar along those same lines, you mentioned youth sports made me think about we we will have special um, games and events where we highlight, for instance, youth sports in our community, um, or we highlight teachers in our community, something that's almost it feels like more of a give back than anything else. That has become a really good way for local sponsors with a modest budget to get involved and engaged in initiatives that mean something to them. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, our teacher appreciation uh, event, which we do for one football game per year that honors teachers in the Knox County area here, we have three local partners that present that day. And they're not as worried about having exclusive ownership of the event as they are, hey, here's a way that I can invest in, in, and be a co-owner in a promotion or event that matters to my community um, and so we have a number of those that we'll do throughout the year across all sports uh, where local partners are able to engage uh, in initiatives that really have a feel good thing about it. You know, the, I know a lot of schools do a lot of military type things. Um, so I think creatively 
if clients have an open mind, there's lots of ways that we can create value across the board, certainly to advance community missions. Well, and for a lot of clients, uh, and we love them if they are brand centric or brand elevation clients, uh, the ROI is just that. Um, and so if we, we, we spend so much time talking about, you know, data capture or moving bodies into a store, or having bodies going into a website. Well, that, that's for some companies, they all they want is that brand elevation that a nonprofit work could deliver. So if you do something like you're suggesting, they accomplish the goal just right there. You've accomplished the goal with limited dollars because they show up when they do a military salute and that logo is up there and their entire their entire group feels good about it. So it's well, a, uh, to dig in a little bit further. So with teacher appreciation, there is a restaurant group that provides a free meal to the teacher. Well, what they figured out is the teacher's not coming by themselves. They're coming with their family. And so while they can take care of the teacher's meal, they're also generating some ROI because they're getting the whole family in the restaurant. Well, if they did it for the whole school, they'd really see something. That'd be unbelievable. <laughs> well, folks, that's all we have for today. We, uh, we appreciate everyone that listens to us. Our podcast is growing. We are uh, certainly on all of the traditional formats, and we appreciate all the people out there who are listening and saying good things about us from a comment perspective. We, uh, we look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks. We're only going to have one or two more this season, and then we will take a short break before we come back in 24, uh, just like probably our football teams. But we hope they come back a little sooner than that. Uh, on behalf of Brandon Parks, I'm Paul Sigmund with Knox Sports. Thank you for listening to Knox Talk. See you next time.